Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. I want to invite you back to the book of Philippians, chapter number 3 and verse number 8 in the Bible tonight. And we want to be encouraged by this thought as we continue uh, through this passage uh, to just kind of see uh, the pace the, the, and the place where God wants us for this coming year. And we are so thankful that over the course of the last year that God has been faithful. Amen. And I think about, and I look back and I see there was victories and there were some defeats. There were some times where people hurt and there were some times where people rejoiced. But I'm thankful that God is faithful through everything. And you know, the Apostle Paul, he saw great victories, spiritual victories in many different ways, but he also saw saw times that were very discouraging, and even times that could have brought him to a place of defeat. Even the book of Philippians was written from a place of imprisonment. It wasn't a place where uh, most of the time we would think of uh, joy, but that was the theme of this book, because it wasn't about the circumstance, it was about the Savior. And you see, that's really what it is as a church, is that, listen, we've got to keep our mind, our heart, our desires upon Jesus Christ. And if I could just if I could just instill any burden, and that would be that though we go through dark times, though there are times where it seems like uh, things are difficult, if when we keep our eyes upon the Lord, when we know Him and the power of His resurrection, then we don't have to be afraid. And as we go through this, I want, I'm reminded of some scriptures that the Lord has given us in this, uh, and, and uh, this is the same theme that He gave to Joshua. Now Joshua, uh, God called him to be successful in his ministry and that of leading the children of Israel into the promised land, but it wouldn't be easy, but He did call him to uh, a place of success. And so Joshua chapter 1 verses 8 and 9, we see where God uh, begins to really uh, lay out for Joshua how he can walk with the Lord, how he can know him how he can really have success in this area. And he says this, the book, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You see, God's left us a purpose as a church, to win the lost, to disciple the saved, and to continue to reach others with the gospel. And you see, that's the, the, the heartbeat still of our church today. But the Bible teaches us that uh, God, is, uh, God has said in Psalms 127.1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You see, that's our desire is that God would do a great work in our life, but that requires first us walking with Him. Because it's the Lord that builds. It's the Lord that guards. And so may our earnest desire be to see the vision of faith that motivates us to action. God calls us to step out by faith. We talk about that a lot. You know, last year our theme was be strong in faith. 
But really, when we know the Lord, when we are walking with Him daily, then our faith is lifted up. Our faith is strengthened on a regular basis. So, as we come to Philippians tonight, Paul laid down for us this need that we might know Christ, that He is sufficient. And truly, he talks about very uh, sundress things here in this passage, but they all tie back to this uh, understanding one who Jesus is and the power that dwells in Him. Listen, because uh, it's not just us that need Christ, it's all of those in Springfield, all of those around the world that need Jesus Christ. Our missionaries, like the Moors to Portugal, who we just read their letter, uh, they are depending that we would continue to remain steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, because we realize that the day of the Lord is approaching. And they are resting that we're going to continue to be faithful. And so it is with that desire that we have that desire to go forward. So I remind you once again what 1 John 4, 4 says. Ye are of God, little children. Isn't that good? And I think about this origin, the fact that I am of God, that I am His, I belong to Him, and as many as believed on Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. I am God's, and uh, I belong to God. I am not a God. Let me correct that. But anyways, I belong to the Lord. And this is what He said, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, as we go through these things, as we walk through uh, just God's desire for our life, let me just remind you that we serve a great and mighty and wonderful God. And He has walked with us through some valleys, and He's going to continue to walk through us through mountains and valleys ahead until the day of Christ. My earnest desire is that we might walk with Jesus Christ. Listen, He is everything. He is everything that we need in this life. And, and, if, and if I could encourage you, if, if anything, it's just to walk with Him more earnestly this year than ever before in your life. Let me ask you this, and, and obviously this is a rhetorical question, but, but what is it that you can do this year that would help you walk more intimately with Christ than last year? For some of you, it may be, I'm just going to choose to read my Bible. For some, it may be, I want to choose to, uh, to create a habit of prayer. For some, it may be, I want to choose to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Uh, it doesn't matter what it may be. Uh, God calls us to take steps this year to be more uh, like Christ, to know Him better than ever before. And that's my earnest desire for us as a church. You know, as we look at Psalms chapter, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter three, I'll get the right text in a moment. What we see is God desires for us to fulfill His plan for for our life. When we use our gifts, we use our talents in the the body of Christ. What we see is God is glorified, and the church moves forward. That was the message of Paul that the church would never seem weak or insignificant or powerless but that we would go forward in the power of Jesus Christ. So I want you to look with me in in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to reread Philippians 3, verses 8 through 14. I started this message a a few weeks ago. I wanted to finish it uh, January 15th in the evening, our Vision Sunday, Uh, but uh, when Brother Josh shared with me that he was coming in, uh, we changed things around a little bit so that we could uh, hear from our missionary fresh off the field. And so join with me in verse number 8 as we read this text. It says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. 
that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come to your text today, and we are just so thankful for the Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, we recognize it is the inspired, infallible, precious Word from you, and we are just so grateful, and we worship and praise you for the Bible tonight. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. And so tonight, as we come to these words of Paul, may we be encouraged in this coming year that we might walk by faith, that we could know you, earnestly know you, even uh, yearn to take steps to know you better in this coming year. Lord, I just uh, pray that you would help us to share with our, our community, Lord, this earnest need that they would trust in Jesus for their salvation. God, this is an, uh, just an urgency in this hour. I pray that you'd help us to uh, be faithful until the day that we hear that trumpet blow. We love you, Father, and thank you for this dear church family. And help us, Lord, to be inspired by your words tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look to this once again, we're going to review the purpose of the Lord laid out for us and the vision that God has. And because really we see that as Paul lays out Philippians chapter 3, what he says is, listen, I tried everything in my own power to come to God on my own, but it was pointless. Matter of fact, he said, I counted all as dung. All of these works, all of these ambitions, all of these things that I thought would earn me God's favor wound up not being anything worthy of my attention. And But instead, what I needed was a relationship with Jesus Christ. I would say in this church, most of us would say that, listen, knowing that you're going to heaven is important. Having a relationship with Christ is a priority for us because as we see the Word of God, we say, yes, God wants us to be saved, but God also saved us so that we could have a purpose in this life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And Baptists say... Amen. Let's try that again. And Baptists would say, Amen. that's what I'm talking about. But he goes on in verse number 10, and this is where sometimes we forget what the rest of this says, for we are His workmanship. Who do I belong to? I belong to Christ. I am His. And my body is His. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. And everything about me is His. And thus in this world, in this life, He says, we are created in Christ Jesus for a purpose unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we, as a congregation, as a body, individually, should walk in them. You see, God's called me to something. Not just uh, this, this lifestyle of pleasure, not just this uh, seeking of every good thing I can ever possibly consume, but God's called me to be able to live for Christ in a way that is, that is completely and totally devoted to Him. Just as Jesus was willing to lay down His own will for the Father, He says, listen church, this is what I did. I redeemed you, I bought you, I brought you from a place of darkness and brought you into light, and now you belong to me. And let us then be willing to say, God has ordained for us that we should walk after His pattern. And so we see that He offers us salvation, but we also see that Paul reminds us of the purpose that God has laid before us. 
Listen, God has a great purpose for every single life. And oftentimes people go to Jeremiah 29 and they're reminded that God has a good plan for their life. And man, that's a good reminder that this body, this life doesn't belong to me, it belongs to the Lord. And thus my question shouldn't be to my children, what do you want to be when you grow up, Johnny? It should be, what does God want you to be? Listen, because my children belong to Him. Listen, and I want to instill that in my children, even at a young age. Is, listen, what does God want you to be? I don't care if you're an architect. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I, I don't care if you're a politician. Please don't be a politician. Listen, I want you to be what God wants you to be. Amen? Listen, that's my earnest desire for my children. And listen, but that's not just my children. God is as His child. That's His earnest desire for me. So, what is His purpose? You see, there's nothing, nothing sweeter than knowing and fulfilling the purpose God has for your life. We talked about this a little last time. There are over 5.5 billion websites devoted to helping people find purpose. That is insane how many websites there are to that. But here's the awesome thing, is that in God's Word, He lays it out for you, Christian. Listen, my purpose is found in Him. You know, and if God said, listen, John, I don't want you to be a pastor anymore. I want you to do this instead. You know, my purpose is not rooted in a position. My, 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 my purpose is rooted in a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And there's nothing sweeter than having a friend by your side. There's nothing sweeter than knowing He walks with you. He walks with me. He talks with me. Man, what a joy it is to know we have a friend in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul, as he went through his life, and he's, now he's in prison before he'd been in shipwreck multiple times. He had been beaten, left for dead. And over and over, he recounts this in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. But yet, he comes to this point, and he says at the end of his life, listen, I want to know Him more. That is my earnest desire in this life, is that I would know Christ in a way that is so powerful and significant that, listen, it would carry me through no matter what I may face. Because there is sweet fellowship with Jesus. He said, listen, I want to know the fellowship of His sufferings. Can I share with you that as I was praying through this and I was just meditating on these, these verses here, I was just asking God, I said, Lord, I want to, we want to know the power of Your resurrection. And I said, Lord, I want to know the fellowship... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I really want to know the fellowship of His sufferings? Think about this. Because the fellowship in His sufferings means you have to endure the trials. And I thought about that and I said, and, and as I met with the Lord, I just said, Lord, I want to be able to pray this, that we could walk through, the, no matter what we walk through, we could find joy in the midst of it. And Paul knew him. He knew the fellowship of Christ's sufferings and he found on the other side that God was faithful. Let me just share with you a little bit about the fellowship with the Savior. This word fellowship is from the Greek word koinonia, which also translated communion, communication, contribution, even distribution. And so it means literally to suffer for Christ. Warren Wiersbe said, Paul walked with Christ, he prayed, he obeyed his will, and sought to glorify his name. And when he was, when he was living under the wall, excuse me, when he was living under the law, all Paul had was a set of rules. But now he had a friend, a master, a constant companion. You know what the difference was? He had fellowship. He had fellowship with the Savior. 
John Wesley said, I want the whole Christ for my Savior, the whole Bible for my book, the whole church for my fellowship, and the whole world for my mission field. How important it is that we choose to say, Lord, I want all of you. Lord, I don't want to know just the good parts about you, but Lord, I want to know all of you. I want to know what it is to go through the dark valleys with you. I want to know what it is to, to see the mountaintops together. Lord, I want you to know, I want to know what it is to know that you never leave me nor forsake me. From a dark dungeon cell in Acts 16 to under a pile of rocks, Paul knew God's presence was with him. And as he walked through these times of great hardship, he knew the personal fellowship that sustained him even in the darkest moments. Church, let me just remind you, that is what it means to kononia, that fellowship with the Savior, that we walk through those difficult times because it's in these difficult times, it's in the suffering, it's in the trials that we learn more about Christ than at any other time. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10 shows us that when we suffer, we have a companion who suffered far more than we ever will. Philippians 1.10 says, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't know that I have the right reference there, so forgive me. But this is what we do know. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, in those times of difficulty, when we're running the race, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him. Now this is what He says. He says, now think about Him. Put your mind upon Him. I want you to know that He is with you. He says, consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You know what He was saying? He said, listen, when the going gets tough, get your mind on Jesus Christ. When, when everything, when it seems like the whole world is falling apart, put your mind on Christ. This afternoon, I was spending a little time just resting, and I was reading through a book uh, by Dr. David Jeremiah entitled Everything You Need. And he was going through this idea of just being able to have perseverance in the midst of the trials. And he said, listen, there are times when you've just got to be willing to stick with it. You can't just give up. You can't, there, there's got to be no give up in you. Oftentimes when I meet with a, a couple for counseling and they're having trouble, the very first question I ask is, are you willing to work through it? Why? Because if divorce is on the table, then divorce is on the table. And that's a dangerous place to be. You see, in our times of suffering, God calls us to look to Him. Not to look to a pastor, not to look to a priest, not to look to a pope, but to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He calls us to rely on His faithfulness. Listen, He endured that contradiction of sinners. He endured the shame. He endured the cross. And now He's received the reward. I'm telling you, are we willing to fellowship with His sufferings? Listen, that idea is a little bit frightening to us. But do, I, but do you really have faith to trust that God will be enough through the trials? You see, for Christ to be willing, it took Him dying to Himself. It took him dying to his self-will. It took him dying to his personal agenda. He said, not my will, not my desire, not my agenda, Lord, but yours be done. Paul said this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then later, Matthew 16, 24 and 25, Jesus said uh, unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. 
Listen, when we are willing to fellowship with Christ in suffering, uh, when we are uh, willing to, to die to self first, then we're willing to say, Lord, whatever you want. Remember, this is part of what Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 12. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies of what, church? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You see, dying to self was not just a pretty slogan. It was a lifestyle for Paul. And that's why Paul said, listen, I want to be made conformable unto his death. I'm willing to, uh, to let my life be shaped by the same thing that drove Christ to the cross. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And then later in Luke 23, 34, Jesus said once again, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Once again, we see this willingness, this heart, this total submission to the heavenly Father, the total forgiveness from the cross. And both are products of a life dedicated to our Father above. You see, in our fellowship with Jesus Christ, we see His sufferings. We're encouraged because we are not alone. Man, I think that that's something we need to be reminded of, isn't it? 2020, so many people were alone. And we're, I believe we're still, last year we're still seeing effects of the, the, uh, the difficulties that people walk through uh, of that isolation and that loneliness. But this is what we know, is that when we know Jesus Christ, we're never alone. He is constant. He is a companion. He is a friend. Ain't God good? And He gives us so many blessings. Well, I want to encourage you, because of these truths, God's called us then to finish with splendor. Now, not, not just uh, cross the finish line or, or just come short of the finish line, but to finish with the, with the glory of knowing that Christ was your goal in everything. Look at verse, verses 13 and 14. We see, I remind you, Paul's at the end of his ministry, end of his life here, and he says, And I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, he could have, been, he, he could have told uh, the church in Philippi, listen, I've done my part, it's time to you, for you to do yours. He said, listen, I, I've done everything I could, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to hang up the hat, and, uh, and it's just on easy street from here on out. As much as a prison could be easy, easy street. But he was at the finish line, but he still was pressing forward. He still had that purpose, that goal. And he still had Christ at the forefront of his heart and his mind. Listen, at Hillside, I just, my desire is that Christ be the centerpiece of everything we do here. That we never make it about, uh, about what someone, uh, my personal ministry or your personal ministry, but it's all about Jesus Christ. Listen, he looked ahead, Paul did, on the, to that glorious moment when he would uh, cross that finish line in his life and he would stand before the Lord and he would hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, today we face two responses from many people. Two responses to everything that we're going through. And the first one is apathy. And apathy is a dangerous plague that plagues so many Christians today. We've seen it in our land. We've seen it in the body language of a teenager that slouches in the pew. We see it in those that uh, avoid the Bible in church and even getting involved. It plagues churches all around the world because we live in the age of Laodicea. 
Jesus warned us. And He says in Revelation 3.16, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And He calls this church of Laodicea to awake out of their slumber, to, to uh, continue to be fervent in the Lord. You see, apathy was the curse of the Laodicean age. And sometimes it's the curse of our age. The second one is not just apathy, but we can also grow anxious. Man, does it seem to me, to me, from my observation, I feel, see and sense there's a lot of anxiousness, a lot of fear in the hearts and lives of believers today. And we look about us and we can begin to see the urgency of the hour. I mean, Man, just this, even with the, the spy balloon this, this week, as that's made headline news and, and so many funny memes have come out of that. But there's all kinds of things pouring out of this thing. This is what we realize as we hear the uh, wars and rumors of wars growing and growing. We see the global economies moving toward a one world system. We see a growing crisis in leadership throughout the world. We see a growing sinful rebellion in the hearts of people. And we sense that soon Christ will come back. And so many people respond instead of by faith. And instead of by uh, moving forward, we respond with fear. And both of these responses, both apathy and anxiousness, can create in us a desire to simply coast along. Listen, things are going to end soon. Let's just uh, hold the fort, for I am coming. Amen? Listen, but it's not just about holding the fort. It's about winning the lost. It's about going into all the world. It's about going and sharing with the world. Listen, there is a God. There is still hope. And this is a time in which God's called us as a church to rise up body of Christ and see that, there, that you were designed for such a time as this. Just as Esther was for her time, you are for your time. And your uh, life can have an impact on your neighbors and your family and your friends. And listen, Paul in the prison could have said, well, I did my part. It's time for old Timmy uh, to pick up the slack and do his part. But not Paul. Instead, Paul was able to say there, listen, I want to continue. I want to press toward the mark. I want to keep on going. I want that to be the forefront of everything I do. And may that be our heartbeat at Hillside Baptist Church. Listen, we don't want to be on cruise control. We don't want to build a building and sleep. But listen, we want to continue to press toward the mark or the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. We want to continue to win the loss. We want to continue to disciple the saved. We want to continue to see God at work. And it's all because I'm willing, Lord, to whatever you want, God, my life is yours. I'm willing to to live it for you. You see, this is what he wrote to Timothy. He said that thou keep this commandment without spot. He said, don't just think about it. He said, but keep it, guard it, continue to use it unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't give up on the fundamentals of our faith. We don't give up on sharing the gospel. We don't give up on trusting that Christ has us here for such a time as this. We continue to press toward the mark. That is why we go back to see that the, what God has for this church. We go back once a year and we go back to that place and we want to be reminded that God wants us to know Him more in this coming year than we ever have before. That we would walk with Him more earnestly. That He would be the most uh, important thing in this life. You see, because when we know Him, we want to serve Him. When we know Him, we want to share Him. When we know Him, there's peace in the storm. You see, this year... Oh, I believe this year God has special things for our church. Whether we, when we know Him, we can make Him known. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart, 
because of the message. Stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for his help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?